Hey, welcome. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Check the Mark. I am Mark Lucero, and we are here in Paris, and the French Open main draw is underway. The 2022 French Open has begun. Today was Sunday. That's when I'm recording this. As you know, the French Open is one of the only slams that has a Sunday start. This episode is being released on Monday, and we, like I said, we're into the tournament. We already have a couple seeds out. Ons Jabour lost today. She played the first match on Philippe Chatrier. We also saw Garbinia Muguruza go down to Kaya Kanepi today. I believe she was over on Simone Mathieu. That was also the court that Dominic Team played on. He went down in the first match of the day on that court to Hugo Delian. Today, got a really great treat for you guys. I have Renee Stubbs, my friend, on the show. Renee, really nice of her to come on. Former player, won four Grand Slam titles, number one in the world in doubles. Got up to number, I think, 60 in singles. Great career. I think she won 60 tournaments on tour. Played with Lisa Raymond, Cara Black, Kaveta Peschke, Samantha Stozer. Played with a bunch of players. Now she's coaching Samantha Stozer. And obviously, in addition to the coaching, she does TV work for ESPN at the majors that ESPN covers. And she also has a podcast, the Renee Stubbs Tennis Podcast, part of the Racket Magazine podcast network. Qualies ended last week. There were two real big stories for me that I tried to pay attention to or that I was paying attention to. One was Rebecca Marino of Canada coming through Qualies. It's a really great story. Her comeback over the last maybe 18 months. In 2013, she stepped away from the game. She was one of the first players really to speak out about mental health at the time, about social media, about some of the stuff that she was getting via social media and the issues that it was causing her. Anyway, she stepped away from the game, went to school, started doing some other things. And then over the last few years, you know, little by little, started playing tennis again. And she's jumped back into tournaments. And she's really worked hard to rebuild her ranking, to get in shape, and to play at these big tournaments. And kudos to her for coming through on the red clay. The other thing that I was paying attention to was the story of Fernanda Contreras. Former Vanderbilt player. She was born in Austin, grew up mostly in the U.S., but plays for Mexico, has family in Mexico. And she is another one who's done a great job over the, over the last few years developing her game and, again, putting herself in a position to be in the show. In the last episode, Brian Garber and I were talking about being at the show. Fernanda Contreras playing some great tennis, beat Katie McNally first round, beat a tough player in the last round of qualities, and earned her way to the show. She's a fun player to watch. Pretty good one-handed backhand. The ball gets a little high on her. She can be in trouble on this clay. But she has a good slice, and she's a very, very smart girl. She was a mechanical engineering major at Vanderbilt. If you know Vanderbilt, you know the Harvard of the South. I know Duke likes to say that, but Vanderbilt, the Harvard of the South. And shout out to her and Coach Jeff McDonald, who has a couple players here at Roland Garros, former Vanderbilt Commodores, her and then Astra Sharma as well. One thing to be aware of, Monday's forecast is calling for a little bit of rain. Actually, not a little bit. It's, catching, it's calling for a decent amount of rain. I think that it's 95% chance. It's going to be rain probably in the early morning and then rain late morning into early to mid-afternoon. For you folks in the U.S. where matches start in the 2 in the morning West Coast time, 5 in the morning East Coast time, I wouldn't set the alarm. I would wake up whenever you wake up and then turn the TV on and see what's going on. With no further ado... Let's get to Renee Stubbs. All right. To welcome Renee Stubbs to check the mark. Thanks for popping in. Hey, no worries, my friend. So, Renee, you just got here from Strasbourg, one of my favorite little cities, one of my favorite stops on tour. Just 
along those same lines, what's it like arriving late, I mean, air quotes, you know, late at a Grand Slam when it feels like everyone's been there for a few days? Yeah, uh, kind of nice, to be honest. I, I think it depends. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm with Sam still. She's playing Sam Stosa. She's playing doubles only. So for us to get in too early, it's kind of like it's a bit of a drag. You know, you, when you when you know you're going to pl- not play until like Wednesday, you sort of don't want to be here too long just because it can kind of become a little bit more tedious and you're fighting for practice and you know playing doubles only as well it's a little more difficult for the players like for example we our practice today was from 6 p.m to 7 p.m after we hit off site so you know it's a little more difficult to get courts um, when you're playing doubles only so it's probably better just to come a little bit later so you can get better practice before you get to a slam and you worked with sam when she was playing singles as well you worked with carolina pliskova and some other top players for some Mm -hmm. of the players who like to play the week before Obviously, it cuts things tight if you go deep, mm-hmm. like Angie Kerber, one Strasbourg, Casper Ruud in Geneva. Mm-hmm. These are all players that they obviously want to play their best tennis in the slams. But when you mm-hmm. go deep, like you said, does it cut away with some of that kind of anxiety or that like hecticness that can happen in a Grand Slam? You know, Mark, I think it depends on the player, to be really honest. I think some players really don't like to come in late and feel like they're not used to the conditions because clearly the conditions here at Roland Garros are so different to any other clay court that you play on just because the courts are so much better they're so much of a cleaner sort of bounce the the clay is just absolutely beautiful so I mean sometimes it can be good because you can come in here really super confident someone like Angie and Rude coming in obviously they have a ton of matches under their belt so they're not freaking out about getting practice courts and you know fighting everyone for an hour and a half and trying to get the perfect like slot for practice because they've got tons of tennis under their belt. So in some respects, and I think for someone like Angie, who's so obviously so experienced in Grand Slam play, I mean, she'll come in here feeling really, really super confident. I saw her today in the, I saw her today in the, in the lounge and she looked a little tired. Um, <laughs> not, not surprising after playing three hours and 17 minutes, uh, you know, just, just yesterday, but you know, as long as they're physically okay, um, sometimes it can be a benefit just cause they're not, as you said, sort of around all the stress of playing a grand slam. Um, and then there's some players that really, it's really hard to sort of come down from winning a tournament and having to back it up literally within a 24 hour period. So that can be difficult. I, I think it just depends literally on the player and also on their, on their draw. I mean, if they've got a really tough draw, then that can be sometimes really hard to back up. But, um, it, you know, we know these answers and we can answer these questions um, after they play their first rounds, really. Yeah, it's funny. I, I saw Angie about two hours ago. I was zipping along the river on my scooter in the bike lane mm-hmm. and she was coming on her scooter the opposite ways. And we kind of, you know, waved at each other, but she looked, yeah. uh, yeah, she yeah. looked like a person who just won a tournament and kind of relaxed. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so you mentioned the conditions <laughs> and how the conditions here are pretty unique. I, I've been here for over a week because we initially thought Steve was going to be in qualities. Then he got into the main. When we got here, it was very hot. Conditions were super fast and there was very little clay on the courts. And it seems like over the mm-hmm. past week, Obviously, the weather's changed, but it feels like they've dumped a lot of clay on the courts. What are your impressions so far about how the conditions are and how the courts are playing? Well, I mean, as I said, we came from Strasbourg where the courts are pretty good down there. Um, uh, But, you know, when you come to Roland Garros, I think um, the clay is so perfect. Even if you, as you said, they have dumped a bit of clay on the court, and that would just be to save the court from not getting too, you know, beat up, I would say. But, but, um, and also because of the hot conditions, they probably want to put a little bit more clay on it and 
you water them really well. But when you come in from any other court, doesn't matter how much clay they put on the court here, it's still 10 times better than they any other court so well. on tour. So, I mean, you know, they, they pack it down. It's quite a hard clay court. Um, as you know, you would have hit on it yourself many times. Um, it's just such a pure, beautiful court. Um, there's just no clay court in the world like that, like they are here that just so good and I think you know even Sam today she hit and clearly we know how well Sam Stoso has done over the years at Roland Garros she's you know made the final and semis a couple of times and is always super confident here you know as soon as she walks on the court here it's just like oh the ball is so much different here it bounces higher so because of the fact that I think the court is so like compacted down feels almost like a hard court with clay on it um, so I think as far as I'm concerned I think most players when they come here no matter what just feel so much better at this particular court um, just because it's just so great. And, and yes, obviously, when it's super hot, it's bouncing high, it's faster, something Stevie would love. Mm. But, um, you know, if it rains, um, it does get heavier, obviously, and the, the courts are a little bit heavier, but they're still just so much more superior to any other court that I think any player can sort of deal with that. Just lo- looking at the women's draw, the way that women's tennis has been over the last few months, obviously, Iga Sviatek has kind of set herself apart since... Ash Barty hung up the rackets. When you look at, when you watch her play, what do you see? You know, with, with your eye, obviously having been such a great player and, and now a coach and, and someone who does a lot of TV work, what do you enjoy when you watch her play? You know, I've obviously, you know, she's hit with Sam a lot through the last year or so. Um, and I've got to spend a lot of time, not a lot of time, but a, a bit of time on the practice court with her. I just love, Mark, that she goes after everything. Like, she is just has that intensity, kind of like a very similar to a Rafael Nadal, who clearly is her idol. Um, you know, just she, her, inten- her intensity to every shot, even in practice, when she's on the run or when she's, like, end range, she goes for it. She hits the ball so big and hard. And, and I think, you know, earlier on, like, you know, even six to eight months ago, there were errors that would come from that just because she would go for so much so so many times. And I think that, you know, one of the things that obviously – I think, you know, her former coach, Peter, did, did such a good job with her. But I think Thomas has probably passed on a little bit more knowledge about maybe when to go for certain balls or maybe structurally is putting her points together a little bit better. But she just doesn't miss as much as she did previously. And I think – that is obviously confidence, and we all know when you have confidence, that ball goes in a lot more than when you don't. And I just think her footwork and her speed around the court and her just her willingness to go after the ball every time. It's kind of like, you know, we talk about as coaches, there are certain shots to have a green light on to go for it. And, you know, she, because of her speed and her footwork, she gets that green light a lot. And a lot of it is because she's consistently in the right position to go for the ball and forehand is absolutely a monster uh, great second serve so you can't really attack it that easily um, so you know and there are things that can only get better with her game like her volleying can get a little bit better her first serve can become a little more potent um, but as far as her ground strikes are concerned well I mean when she's on, on it's just very very hard to get the ball past her on the baseline so she's kind of has that great ability to run the ball down like a Simona Halep or a Kerber or any of these great retrievers but then she has the ability just to strike a winner from anywhere in the court and I just love watching that intensity and I love I'm, I'm loving watching this streak because it's so nice after you know quite a dominant number one in Ash Barty retiring that someone has taken over that mantle so beautifully and so it's been great for for all of us to watch it.
Well, it's funny because when you think about, you know, Iga, when you think about Ash Barty, and when you think about even a Serena before them, they all play such different brands of tennis. But to me, just kind of looking mm -hmm. from the outside, the common thing is that they're all so good at defending someone's first strike or two. And they're able to neutralize mm -hmm. and they're able to sort of trade and counter. And then obviously their their firepower is what, you know, the, the, the common fan sees. They're, you know, kind of in awe of the power, but the ability to defend, the ability to be balanced mm -hmm. on the edges of the court. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, we all know how much of the women's game is so many balls get hit so hard and flat and clearly the, the, the women can take advantage of some weaker second serves. That doesn't quite happen as much in the men's, but if you if you do don't serve well you better re, you better retrieve on that first shot really well and um you know i would say that Iga and 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 ash and clearly serena all had serves that were not easy to attack particularly the second serves from both of them um from from all three really i mean obviously serena was so dominant on her first serve as was ash but but Iga, um, as I said, you know, she can retrieve any ball that's hit short. She has just such an ability to defend. But turning defense into offense, and I would say Serena, Ash, and Iga have all done that so well. I mean, Serena's just such a terrific athlete as well, getting balls back in the court. And clearly, if there's any short ball, then she would just crush it. And same thing with Ash. You know, any, any short ball on the forehand was just gone. Um, so yeah, all three of them really great defenders, but obviously, as you said, can turn defense into offense so easily. And and when they do that, it's really hard. It's it's hard to find a weakness in in Eager's game right now. Who do you see challenging her? I don't know if you've had time to really look at the draw, but do you see someone who can kind of give a sustained attack on the clay? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, huge, huge, huge upset today with. Um, I mean, in some respects, a lot of us would be like, oh, not that much of, a, uh, of an upset because obviously we know um, uh, how well, uh, oh, I'm forgetting her name right now, from Poland, uh, Magda Lynette play, Lynette, can play yeah, at times. She beat Jabur. You know, and so to see Jabur lose today was a real surprise because um, obviously I would have said that on Jabur would have been one of the top three, three or four favorites, obviously after, you know, doing so well over the clay court. Uh, season, so that was a real uh, stunner for me. Um, I was expecting her to get through to a semi-final at least. So, um, you know, Muguruza also losing. She has not played well this year, um, but she's also a threat once she gets deep into a tournament. But you know, it's hard to sort of eager is. I mean, you know, we at ESPN we always fill out who's the favorite, and there's always one or two that disagree, even if someone's pretty dominant. Not one person chose anyone but Iga Shantek. And there was like nine of us. So that just shows you how dominant. And I don't think we've ever seen that. Maybe when Serena obviously was at her best and, you know, you had to pick a women's champion. You know, it was always like Serena, Serena. But I just think um, Shantek is just so dominant right now. And I don't see anybody really in her section. I mean, she has probably Samson Nova, I think, in the round of 16. And Halep is up her, you know, half the draw. And we clearly know that Halep can, you know, go on runs and she's playing better. But, but you know, Iga comfortably beat her a couple of weeks ago. So there's no one really in her half of the draw that I really feel can push her when she's at her very best. Um, Carolina Pliskova is up that section of the draw. I think Paula Bedosa, if she can stay fresh and injury-free. I did bump into someone who said that she was hitting the ball great today. 
um, in practice. Um, so I think Bedosa, if she you know gets her sort of teeth into the tournament, we know that she can go deep, and her game is perfect on this particular court. Um, so other than that, and I think maybe a sneaky person not to, to keep an eye on is uh, Bianca Andreescu. I think she's back playing some pretty good tennis. Um, I think she can beat anybody on any given day because of her ability. She obviously put, really pushed Iga Shiontek a couple of weeks ago in the first set. Um, I believe it was in Rome. So um, as long as she can stay healthy, we know how important that is to her, um, then she might be the closest thing to sort of push her. And I believe she's in the opposite half of the draw to uh, Shiontek. So, you know, maybe look out for Bianca Andreescu. She's got a tough one if she wins because she'll have to play Bencic, who we know Belinda Bencic obviously can have incredible streaks as well. But my sneaky outsider to, to sort of push anyone was uh, Amanda Anisimova. I think she's playing really great tennis. I think she's played the semifinals here in the past. And I think look out when she's on because she can beat anybody. But, you know, Mukhova now playing Sakari in the second round. Like, Sakari was so close. Probably should have almost won the tournament last year. Lost that tough one to Krajikova. So maybe Sakari, uh, but I think maybe Bianca Andreescu is sort of an outsider to, to keep our eye on. But, you know, just the women's draw is so stacked and unbelievable. And let's see how Corey, um, Coco Goff can do in this tournament because I think her best surface is actually clay. Um, so we'll see. You know, sneaky Sloane Stevens, will she catch fire again? Who knows? Yeah, these are a lot of good athletes too. These, you know, a Sloane, a Coco Goff, a Bianca Andreescu, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. Paula Badosa. Maria Sakari, these are all great athletes too that can use that athleticism on clay and, and to be honest they can use that athleticism on the grass coming up as well yeah yeah but you know as you know grass is very different animal to clay and there are certain players and I think like someone like Coco Goff it actually helps her forehand a little bit on the clay because it slows it down a bit and, and you know she can kind of get a little bit more prepared because of that big swing and that you know very extreme forehand grip so I think clay is probably a better court surface than anything for her um, but as I said, I just, you know, in, in Eager's half of the draw, just there's just no one I feel that even when they play their best, um, you know, is, is, is good enough to be Eager on this particular court. But, hey, listen, this is why we, this is why we play the, 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 the matches, right? Because you just never know. Yeah, 100%. So, Renee, the, the big news over the last few days, obviously, has been this drama with the ATP and the WTA Tours mm. in Wimbledon. Give me your quick thoughts. I'm sure, you know, I think we're like-minded with a lot of things, particularly like politically, you know, I would have the Russians and Belarusian players probably allowed to play in the event. But in my personal opinion, I think the tours went too far with the withdrawal of points. Mm-hmm. Where are you on this? Yeah, and we haven't talked about this. So there's no there's no collaborating here. <laughs> um, look, you know, at, the, at, at first... Um, I think it was a mistake from Wimbledon to, to, to do it as dirty as they, they did. I think that they were under, I don't know this at all, but I think they were under probably tremendous pressure from the government, maybe even the royal family, who knows. Um, and I think they probably did this not really knowing the backlash. I don't know. I, You know, in some respects, I probably wished I don't know if they talked to other Grand Slams because I think they put a tremendous amount of pressure obviously on the other Grand Slams I did bump into um, Emily Morosmo today and I know that she was under a lot of pressure as well to do the same thing but um, you know I, 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 I there's no winner in this situation Mark um, you know ideally I, I wish they hadn't um, kept them out but when they did um, that was a decision they made and you know I've recently 
uh, interviewed for my podcast, Marta Kostchuk. And, you know, honestly, I can't imagine as a tennis player having to go out on the tennis court and play a Russian if I was Ukrainian right now. I just can't imagine what that must feel like for them. And, you know, I've played against people that I did not like at all. And it was really hard to do to keep your emotions in check and make sure that you're just staying in the moment and all that sort of stuff. But I cannot imagine walking onto a tennis court, being Ukrainian and having to play against a Russian player right now. I don't know how I would react to something like that. I think it would be very, very hard to keep my emotions in check, knowing what's happening to my home country. So I try and really put myself in their position in that respect. And clearly, I know that none of these Russian players clearly have anything to do with the war. But at the same time, I know that Putin, you know, he propagates athletes. He does it all the time. And, uh, you know, I've spoken to a, another Russian player who does not represent Russia anymore. And her thought, first thought was Putin is going to use the fact that the WTA and AP, ATP are now making Wimbledon suffer um, by pulling the points. I think it was a I personally think it was a terrible decision from the WTA and ATP to pull the, to, the points from Wimbledon. I think it was not good. Um, I know we're going to have detractors in saying that, but I don't think it was a wise decision. Um, I think you're penalising 98% of the draw now and people are going to be busting their ass at Wimbledon for nothing but, I mean, clearly money, but, you know, a lot of these top players can go and play an exhibition and make that money. Um, I just I just don't think it was the right decision to pull the points. And so I think you and I are pretty like-minded in this decision. And I think a couple more chips have yet to fall. I think, you know, we're waiting for, obviously, for Wimbledon to have a more, you know, fuller response and what their actual response to the tour is will be with regard to the points I, I just yeah i don't think it's the end of the story and I, I do think a lot of people are ultimately gonna get hurt and yeah this is it's a conflict that we're in near unanimous agreement that is you know is illegal and abhorrent yeah i just i just think it was a really bad decision to do that and you know these players that did well last year at, at wimbledon who were not able to defend those points and you're just going to screw up the st- it's just you know and, and unfortunately um you know, and I, I, you know, one of the things that surprised me with Marta was that she said that you know no Russian players had gone up to her personally, and I think that that's that is terrible. Uh, you know, and I understand absolutely the Russians not saying anything publicly. I think they probably feel very much under stress and pressure from not knowing what's going to happen to their families back there. But you have to go and speak to your Ukrainian um, counterparts and tell them behind closed doors, in my opinion. And if they have done that then great and if they haven't i think that's something that they should do and if they don't they must feel terrible for the ukrainian players because that must feel like that they, they support what their government is doing so that that to me is pretty rough yeah at indian wells stevie played a russian player in the first round and in the first row behind the baseline was a woman a female fan with a ukrainian flag draped over her shoulders and she was lifting it up every time the guy walked behind the baseline i mean just it's just something about that to me that doesn't necessarily feel right you know this is not international team competition it's not davis cup or it's not billy jean king cup it just feels like you know it's just not right yeah i mean this is what i said you know when i i I have spoken about it a bit and i just said you know just the whole thing is just so incredibly sad and and um as soon as it finishes and is over with which sadly i don't think it's going to be anytime soon it's just uh horribly disappointing for a for these uh, Ukrainian players who have no home to go back to anymore. It's terrible. Hmm. Well, let's end on a high note. You've been to Paris for 
a bunch of years. We'll just say that as a as a player <laughs> and now as a coach. Give me your top three must hit restaurants when you come here. Oh my god, that's I cannot even answer. Do you know? To be honest with you, you know, Sam Sosa is a bit of a foodie. I'm like to eat as well. Um, we've struggled with finding great places here um, oh, to, to eat that, that don't cost arm and leg you know you can find your michelin stars that's for sure um but to be honest with you mark i haven't been here for like i probably haven't been here for about seven years um which is a long time for me um so there's probably some new ones that have popped up so i'm going to make an effort to to go to them clearly everybody you know does the old um you know entricot Mm -hmm. um just for the experience and and it's kind of fun but uh i don't know um I, honestly, I'm in a new area, so I'm gonna like suss out the area around me, and so and it's been a, a few years, so I don't know. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll, I'll uh, hit you up for some for, <laughs> okay, for some well, new restaurants. Cool. I mean, you have been you're here. Gonna, a week. You're gonna check out the lay of the land and find some new places. I like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> cool. the plan. Well, Renee, I appreciate your time. You know, I'm super indebted. I, I love your work. I love listening to you. You know, when you're on ESPN, and obviously, you know, I love to talk tennis whenever we see each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Your show, the Renee Stubbs Tennis Podcast. Where else can players find you, or people, fans? Um, sorry. Yeah, well, uh, with my podcast, it's on any of the places that you listen to on Spotify, Apple, whatever. Um, and, uh, oh, you'll see me on TV at ESPN, uh, for Wimbledon. And so, you know, I'm just here as a coach this, this week. So I'm going to be taking it all in. Um, and that's what I'd love to do. Awesome. Renee, thanks so much. See you at the course. Good luck to Sam. This hey, week. Mark. Thanks mate. And, uh, good luck to you and uh, the whole team. And I'll see you tomorrow at the courts. Hey, this has been another episode of check the mark. Big thanks to Renee for coming on. <laughs> love talking tennis with her. These schedules for Monday, Tuesday at Roland Garros are jam-packed. Good matches on every single court. If you are a tennis fan, like I am, I love this time of year. Grand Slams, four times a year, you have matches all day long. you got that TV on all day long. TV, iPad, computer on the outside courts. This is your time to shine. At Mark Lucero on Twitter. At Mark Lucero on Instagram. Let me know how you think the show is, what I can do for you, what you want to hear. Subscribe, rate, and review and tell a friend. This has been Check the Mark. Catch you later. I'm out.